Welcome to Vassals of King's Grave, a podcast focused on geek culture, movies, the latest TV shows, cult classics, some history discussions, and a podcast of Ace and Fire series. My name is Glenn Dagos Rivers on the podcast of Ice and Fire Forums and Discord, and I am delighted to be joined by Jack, Mungo Jack, um, just Jack on the Discord. And as we approach the 700th episode of Vassals of Kingsgrave, we want to highlight one of the most important topics that we have discussed during the 700 episodes in the past nine years, which is, of course, A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, of course, the the podcast is a spin-off of another podcast, a podcast of Ace and Fire. So naturally, we were going to discuss some of um, some of the the key theories within the book series, a Game of Thrones, uh, the, the Game of Thrones TV series, etc. And I have no doubt that a large percentage of the future episodes of this podcast will also focus on. A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, or its many planned spin-offs. So, I guess, with um, in terms of VOK, Jock, do, do you remember your first episode on VOK? Yeah, it was the 29th episode of Elite League, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in fact, um, just um, going back to was taking a look at um, the archives of the episodes the first episodes you, you may have recorded that one first but the first published episodes was actually one of mine uh, which is a, a Westworld discussion that you joined for uh, but it may have been the second recorded one that you had done uh, but then the recorded one um, the second one was um, the feature one which never came out ah well, I, I had a, a little discuss, um, a little listen to when you discussed how you got into the series. So you had borrowed some of the books from your friends. Um, you had tried to buy the A Storm of Swords um, in Waterstones, and they didn't have it. Um, I've been in in that situation too when I've gone to Waterstones and they don't have the book that I want, or um, or HMV when they don't have the the book that you want. Um, so that's um, how you got into, of course, the the book series and, of course, the the TV show. But um, I guess uh, what about this podcast? What um, do you remember how you came on to listening to the OK? Um, yeah, um, it was an essay by Duncan on I think the Tower of a Half. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I saw that it says it does a podcast for Pathers of Things to Wait, but I um, liked uh, Duncan's lighting, so. Um, I checked out the podcast and um, then um, I wanted to join after um, a few months, I think. Oh, fantastic! Did um, so? Did you just listen from then onwards? Did you listen to any of the earlier episodes? Um, yeah, I went back and listened later. Like it was a while later before mm-hmm. I went back, and I um, I think I've listened to them all. I'm not sure. Like, um, I'm a bit behind at the moment. I've mm-hmm. fallen behind last few episodes that I haven't been on. What about a, um, a podcast, Face and Fire? Were you a fan of that podcast? Um, no, I've never been a fan of that podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I've listened to a few episodes, but um, no, not been a big fan of that. 
No, that's okay. That's fine. Um, of course, uh, a huge influence from this podcast is Podcast Face and Fire. So, um, for those that don't know, um, the podcast was brought together by listeners of that previous podcast. Um, and then, initially, um, it was just off-topic type stuff. So, movie discussions. There were some discussions on Star Trek. Um, there's There were some discussions on um, short stories, for example. So it was a very small number of episodes that focused on A Song of Ice and Fire. But that changed over time, and over the six, 690 or so episodes. How many, how many episodes would you say, Jock, just if you were to guess, focused on A Song of Ice and Fire? Um... Maybe a couple hundred. There's been a bunch. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, so I was looking at um, we we tag our episodes. So when we publish an episode, we'll see what the topic is. If it's a movie, if it's a song of ice and fire, if it's Harry Potter. So there are two hundred and ninety-six episodes which focus on a song of ice and fire, or Game of Thrones, or it could be. Uh, an ice and fire type con so 296 um, so about 40% or just above 40% of our episodes were uh, dedicated to that series uh, there's also an extra 8 episodes that I counted which are also based on George R. R. Martin's other works so just over 300 of our episodes have been Game of Thrones or George R. R. Martin inspired taped episodes, which which actually surprised me because I thought it would be a lot higher than that. I was thinking maybe around sixty percent of of the episodes. So I was I was surprised it came under just under half of the the episodes that we've done. Uh, but it it did evolve over time. So initially within the first year that VOK was around back in twenty thirteen, there was about 50 episodes within the first six months and um, only about 10% of those were Ace and Fire type um, episodes um, so then it's evolved especially with the many Game of Thrones episodes that we've done as well uh, so in some cases with one series of Game of Thrones and there's 30 different podcasts on it uh, so it has been um, heavily geared towards a song of ice and fire. It would have defined a bit as um, um, the um, as George has taken longer. From exactly. That. And um, initially, with the the podcast VOK, um, so within in some years, there's been close to a hundred episodes published, but it has slowed down since then. So with the the Game of Thrones TV series ending, uh, with um, there's been a bit of a dry spell, so there's um, been six episodes that were released within the last six months, for example. Um, that may increase if, as we have the House of the Dragon TV series. If that's released, there might be maybe a renewed interest from the fandom, from the, uh, the contributors for this this podcast. Um, we may have listeners regain some listeners to the podcast or um, have people newly 
newly discovered the podcast, so there's a potential that things could heat up um, later. But um, tell me about, I guess, your relationship with the books now, so the books one to five. Um, the books one to five, I haven't reread them in a while, to be honest. Uh, like, uh, I think the last time was for the reread. So, um, um, but I still like them all. Um, I have reread like some like the Yuvan chapter or like the Murphy chapter, mm-hmm. um, because they're pretty brilliant chapters from Wins. So. That's true. Um, but uh, other than that, like, um, like mostly it's just been um, news about the up and coming series and stuff that I've read. Like, um, other than that, like, um, otherwise I'm a pretty separate from the series at the moment until Wins comes out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but the, I I was very strict when it came to the Winds of Winter preview chapters for so I knew about them and I think for each of them there has been a podcast discussion on them from from this podcast but I've aimed to well initially I did aim to just not read them not listen to the podcast discussions on them um, but then as the years went by with no sign of, of a book I did go back and read for example Daria chapter and then the um, the Santa chapter as well I think I've, I've read most of them there might be one or two that I've not read so far but um, I've probably read them all now um, all of the, the preview chapters and um, but initially I was like no I won't read them until we actually get the physical book released and with the, the TV series, like you, I haven't read them in a long time. Um, so initially I read the series in 2011, 2011 to 2012. Then I also reread them again. So between 20, during the year of 2012. Then heavily involved with this podcast. Um, of course, we've done, Bina has organised a large reread um, I was involved with maybe a handful of episodes of that, so I've reread some of the chapters, and um, I remember I do remember in 2013 sometimes that would be like nighttime reading that I would go back to maybe a Tyrion chapter or maybe I would go back to like a series of um, chapters from A Storm of Swords, but yes, um, over time that that hype has died down. So it's maybe been like four years since I've even looked at any of the books or any of the chapters in any of the books. I have bought the um, Fire and Fire and Blood uh, book, part one, but um, so far I've only read maybe two hundred pages of it, so I've not read the full thing. And yeah. um, in, in fact, my my reading habits have died down too so I've probably in the past two years picked up about 12 different books and read about 100 pages of each of them but never actually finished them so if for example uh, The Winds of Winter did um, was released within the next three months then I don't know if I would 
read it that quickly compared to others within this podcast? I have been reading, but I've been reading pretty much exclusively uh, non-fiction. Mm-hmm. So um, going back into like uh, reading like uh, fictional work and being able to um, immerse myself in the world may be more difficult. But what about Game of Thrones? How often do you go back to rewatch the show? Um, I don't really. No. <laughs> Um, I just um, either watched it when it was on or mm-hmm. like the DVDs after the series had finished. So, like, um, I'd um, mostly sort of got impressed after like sort of like season six of the main show. Um, but um, I kept like watching for like bot and stuff. But um, to be honest, like season eight. Um, the first couple of episodes were pretty good. Like I did quite enjoy them, but um, the last four episodes were, um, in my opinion, very bad. An opinion that many share. The um, well, I have um, initially when the series was launched. You know, I was heavily into the the show the book series, the whole world. I had bought each of the three seasons on DVD and listened to, you know, watched a lot of the extras on the DVDs, listened to the audio commentaries. And um, in terms of a, a TV show, it's been one of the most generous in terms of extra content on DVDs. So they, they do put in a lot of effort, like, uh, Season 5 has, uh, well, I can't remember now, but um, each of the the seasons have like 10 or more audio commentaries, which is one of my favourite features on a DVD. Um, yeah. So initially with the first three seasons, I had, you know, watched all the episodes again, watched them again with uh, the audio commentary, watched some of the, the behind-the-scenes content. But then after season three i never bought the dvds again so um so from season four to season eight didn't buy them but i did ask you know from parents um around christmas time the 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 box set um so the the full series one to eight box set on on blu-ray um so received that christmas 2020 uh, but it's, even then, it's it's I've I've listened well I've went back and watched maybe a handful of episodes, but haven't like done a full rewatch from series one to series eight. I, I think it's also um, harder like um, from rereading because um, like um, with like episodes like you know you'll sort of like um, be there for like an hour. Whereas with reading, like you can just read twenty pages at night and just slowly work away at it. Yep, good point. I guess the the last episode that I had watched, I think I watched see, um so the last two episodes earlier this year, so it might have been about well back in March I watched um had an afternoon where no I wasn't. Knew that I wasn't doing anything, so 
put on the DVD, watched um, the last episode and the, the second last episode. And um, I do feel like re-watching it has um, made me like the final episode a lot more. <laughs> um, but I can, I can still see the faults with it and um, that I can see in years to come that it will it will be a favourite um, disappointing ending lists that come out about about TV shows. So it's um, I can see that in Lost being in those lists for years or decades, really. What about um, House of the the Dragon? Do you intend to watch that? Uh, yeah, well, uh, like I think Matt Smith is a very charismatic actor, so um, if nothing else, then he'll be on it. And um, although I haven't actually read the source material, I did go and watch a bunch of um, YouTube videos when I was looking for like um, like all the content of it, like even like box ones. But um, I um, and I read and I watched quite a few of those, and like even like dumb really ones and. Um, went as far as sort of like reading like fan fiction about like um, even the sort of stories of the past of like A Song of Ice and Fire. I was, I spent like a really long period of like years where I was just trying to get any sort of A Song of Ice and Fire content, whereas now I just really want the main book. Oh, definitely. And um, I've I've listened to some of those those YouTube um, shows as well, um, because especially around you know the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, those were really well they were huge. Um, there were you know countless videos, um, Ice and Fire, Discover the History, that sort of stuff. With the um, so of course House of the Dragon is the first one that we will get to see uh, so August 21st and I can imagine it will be really popular so um, I guess the the final episode of Game of Thrones had about 20 million people watch it just in just in there um, <clears throat> just in in America um, and I think probably I can see something like 10 to 15 million watching the first episode of it but um, I think, it's hard to say, but I think I can see it being, you know, initial, initial interest, but then it will die down and people will stop watching it. And then overall it will still do well, but I don't know if it will be what that studio had expected, that um, TV company had expected for the show. Which then calls into question all these other spin-offs that they have planned for the, the series. Yeah. I guess, um, what, what impact do you think these uh, spin-offs will have on how you feel about the original series? Well, um, like, there are some, like, interesting ones that I've seen, like, uh, like, the of, like, the Bleebottom one, Bleebottom. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was just reading reading about that yesterday. Yeah, um, like I don't know much about it, but um, um, like hopefully, like um, being able to see Fleabot will be cool. 
Instagram. But um, other than that, like the chorus for the alien one, I think sounds cool. And um, what do you think what's the other one I like the idea of? Oh yeah, um, I don't know if it is one, but um, like um, Duncan Egg. Like I like to see a Duncan Egg baby. Mostly just to see who they cast for like Dunk. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, I was um, I was reading an article yesterday about um, planned spin-offs because I remember that um, there was a not a blog post about five potential spin-off series, so it did come into my mind while researching for this podcast. Oh, what do they have a plan in mind? What are they going to be about? So um, I think most of them are just rumoured at the moment, but yes, um, Duncan Egg Duncan Egg series, that was going to be one of them. Well, I think um, for a Duncan Egg series that I imagine they will maybe adjust the... For example, they won't have someone that's seven feet tall. <laughs> maybe someone that's about six three, six four. But um, yeah, there's um, there's a lot they, they can do with that series. Yeah, um... Like, I really hope it would be more like a mini series rather than um, creating new sort of like Duncan Egg stories. Like, I want you to see like the new sort of like Duncan Egg adventures in mm-hmm. no form for. Now, of course, the, the million dollar question on thousands of fans' minds so, when will the sixth book, The Winds of Winter, be published? So many question that, many look into, um, of course there, there are many thousands, millions maybe, fans of George R. R. Martin on Twitter, uh, followers on Twitter, <laughs> and um, looking out for everything that he does publish and posts uh, that he posts about. Now the fifth book in the series, uh, Dance with Dragons, was published, can you believe it? Four thousand and two days ago, and um, I remember this quite quite well because I had been on a holiday at the time, so I had gone to Benidorm for a week, and I happened to be just returning on the twelfth of July. So when I returned, I was in Glasgow, so went into the Waterstones and bought a Dance with Dragons on that day. And the normally you would expect um, Waterstones to be a bit more expensive, but it was actually the same price as Amazon. So <laughs> decided to buy it there, then took it home. I don't know why I, I bought it because I wasn't even done with a Game of Thrones at that time. I had got to about six hundred page six hundred of a Game of Thrones, and then I remember I did finish the first book later that night when I returned. But it was maybe another seven months before I even started reading A Dance with Dragons. But at least it was there, so I knew, <laughs> I knew it was there. Um, luckily, I, I enjoyed the series and continued to read. Um, but in terms of duration, so 4,002 days. So almost double the duration of the gap between A Feast for, uh, a Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons. 
author George R. R. Martin has posted thousands. Um, I haven't counted them. Um, I don't think there's a way that you can, unless you do it manually. But um, it seems like he's posted thousands of blog updates on his Not A Blog website. Um, and I couldn't work out how long that's been around, but I'm guessing somewhere maybe around 15 years that that's been around. Sports and politics seems to be, you know, the, the go-to uh, topic that he'll post about. But um, with these these posts, um, how often are you are you going to not a blog, Jock? Um, not that often. I'm not that interested in sport. Or mm -hmm. Your opinion on sport, like, um, are occasionally like I'll like search for the winter news and mm -hmm. see like there's been any not a blog anyways and then find them through that. But um other than that, um uh, um that's only the only times that I go into not a blog. Oh I also led his opinions up on like certain adaptations when um he wrote about them. Like um I think it was the Wheel of Time one oh, yeah. the Perfect Jackson one and he was lighting about um, what his thoughts were in the Percy Jackson one and what his hopes were for the uh, Wheel of Time one in, in my early days of being obsessed with this fandom I would often visit the Not A Blog site maybe every two days so like around 2012 to 2014 every two days I'll be looking there uh, most of the the blogs that he posts are of no interest to me as well so when he's talking about American football when he's talking about baseball whatever um, occasionally there will be something about writing his writing works but again it'll be about wild cards or some other series he's involved with um, when he does talk about A Song of Ice and Fire, then I do take the time to read those. Um, I remember there was this great post that he had written maybe around 2012, and it was giving a breakdown of how he, how he came to write A Dance with Dragons, so all the stages that he was at, like in, um, I guess, 2000. Seven. He had written 700 manuscripts, and it goes through each of the stages. Um, and there wasn't really much momentum going until maybe about 2010, in the lead up to Game of Thrones being released. So hopefully he does something like that. If um, you know, if he re releases uh, the Winds of um, the Winds of Winter, that he would release something like that to give a breakdown of all the stages he has gone through with writing this book. That's something that I would like to see. Um, but with Not A Blog, um, that was back then, but um, it's died down since then, so maybe once a month I'll, I'll search and see what his latest posts have been. Um, typically I'll see them anyway on Twitter, or I'll see it mentioned by you know one of the the people in this podcast in the, the Discord channels, um, they'll usually mention if there's any significant um, updates. Um, but a long, for a long time, George R. R. Martin has said that if he is going to 
announce the release or that he has he has completed the Winds of Winter that it would be on not a blog so hence um, causing a lot of people to look at that site for upcoming news um, so that's with um, not a blog updates um, there have been many throughout the past 11 years about the Winds of Winter some um, well in fact we'll, we'll discuss that but um, there's three significant updates that I wanted to discuss with you so post A Dance with Dragons there was a few updates where I guess the the general update on The Winds of Winter was that he was not working on it right now um, if you'll remember Jock that um, do you remember his excuse for not working on um, The Winds of Winter back in after A Dance with Dragon was, was released? Um, I thought it was that there were pages from A Dance with Dragons that would be going into Winds. Yep, that, he did say that. Um, but the the general... Uh, I guess the, the general um, thing that he was writing is that... Um, a Dance with Dragons has just been released, so he's going on many right, um, he's going on many tours, book signings, etc., um, many conventions, which would be which. So he had his calendar full up until the end of 2012. So he wasn't so he wasn't going to be writing anything <laughs> on the Winds of Winter during that year. But then he would pick it up from 2013 was the general, you know, um, update the, that he had on the Winds of Winter. And that's um, that's another, I guess, well-known fact about George R. R. Martin's writing, that he doesn't like to, like to write unless he is in his home, in his own, and using his own laptop. So when he is travelling, which I imagine he does a lot. Um, that could be on airplane flights. It could be on the train. There are times that he could, I guess, be doing something <laughs> around the series, but um, he's just not in the zone to do that. Um, I guess. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um. Well, first he doesn't use the laptop. He uses the old style um, PC. So. Um, um, maybe that's what's happened. Um, maybe mm -hmm. it's just one day and um, <laughs> it doesn't uh, work anymore. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I, I can, I do understand that that logic that um, being in the right frame of mind to work. So if he is most most comfortable writing when he's using that machine that he's film, familiar with, if He's in, you know, at home with no distractions, so that, that makes sense. But I did think that um, even at the time, you know, waiting, you know, that this is the time to, you know, you've just released your fifth book, and with that, you know, the fact that you've got a popular... Well, in fact, I wonder if at the time when A Game of Thrones was released and Game of Thrones was released, 
uh, sorry, A Dance with Dragons, <laughs> A Dance with Dragons and Game of Thrones was released that he might have not thought the the TV show would go that long into the series. Because I remember reading reports at the time, so from the producers of the show, they expected maybe three seasons and then they would be done. So I wonder if maybe that played a part in whether he'd whether he'd decide to start writing the show or not. I don't know, but he he did stop eventually, and um, some of the new stuff he added was pretty good in the show. Yeah, like at least we got something out of it. Yep, true. <laughs> So yeah, the um, that was that was the, I guess, um, general update for um, around that time, so 2012, 2013, and that's um, I guess acceptable, acceptable. Um, then after 20, I guess around 2013, 2014, there were many reports that um, oh he was. 300 pages in, that he had several several hundred pages written for Winds of Winter, but generally he has been vague about what stage he is at, and also vague about how many chapters he's written, how many pages he's written, um, if he does see how, um, how much progress has, he has made, it'll be, you know, a blank statement like, um, Oh, um, I, I guess several, yeah, it won't be something like a couple of hundred, it'll be several hundred pages written, so it's been, it's hard to really trace, I guess, um, how far or how much he has written of The Winds of Winter. Do, would you, um, I guess, do you prefer that, that you don't really know, or would you like to know that he's say, 800 pages into the book? Um, I don't know, part of it, um, both sides with the idea, and, like, um, like, if I knew, like, it was, like, 2,000 pages long, and it could be separated into four different volumes, like, obviously, that would be great, but, um, if, um, I don't know and stuff, um, then, um, my main concern is basically just the quality of light and stuff, which so far has been great with the with the TV chapters. Yeah. Yeah, I see your point. I think that um, there have been times where I've been trying to read into what he has written, so. If he sees that um, something like um, he'll have tens of chapters, I'll try and think, oh, does that mean 20? Does that mean 50? Um, there have been times where he'll write that, um, you know, he's got... Um, oh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go on to it later, but um, he does mention something like... Um, well, if he's he's if he's talking about a deadline for the book that 
he is, you know, there's been several times where he's written he's months away from finishing, so I'll make an assumption that he's maybe like 80% done with the book or something like that. Um, I think I'd rather know, so if he says that, you know, if he gave exact amounts that he's got 10 chapters to go, or if he said something like, oh, I've written 1,000 manuscript pages. Um, generally, with the the book series, it's um, most... Well, Dance with Dragons, that had about 1,500 manuscript pages, so gives you an idea of um, the length of this book. I know that he has written um, or been interviewed or someone has reported that this will be as long as or maybe even more than A Dance with Dragons in terms of length. So that's... Uh, with um, quantity, um, of course that's overrated because it's quality, but you still want to feel like the weight has been worth it and you've get, you have a you know, book that is not like the shortest book in the series. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, like part of the appeal of each book is um, how long you get to stand in like the world and exactly. One of the most infamous um, posts that he has written is is titled "Last Year," published on the second of January, twenty sixteen. So, if you imagine, we are going into the sixth season of Game of Thrones. Already we have covered the first one to five books in content, or the majority of the storylines from the first one to five books. And a lot of fans were wondering how would the sixth season be handled? Would we see content that we've not even had a chance to read in the book series? So there was, I guess, um, expectation. Um, I don't know if you agree, Jock. Um, were you expecting that we would see a six, the sixth book back in 2016? Um, I didn't really have my hope for 2016. Like, no. Um, but um, I was like, naively sort of thinking that maybe in the next year or so, year or two, well, initially, when I had read that post, I was disappointed because I was expecting the lead-up so far is that we would have the sixth book released that year, in 2016. Or, I thought that naively. And then, when I had read the, the post, so there's a lot of mentions of excuses, I would say, so... Things like he had to attend family weddings, um, there was um, there was a, a deadline that he had for Halloween, and if he had met that deadline that they would have been able to release it within the next three months or something. Um, so a lot of the, the way that he had, well, um, so initially I was thinking that we would get the the sixth book, maybe around the time of season six, which of course didn't happen. 
then when reading that post I was thinking, oh well if he was a few months away from completing then you must be almost done, thinking that we would, um, at that point I was thinking we would maybe get the sixth book around the time that the final season was released of Game of Thrones. But then, of course, he had a he had written that he, he was a few months away from finishing, but that was about six years ago, <laughs> and he still hasn't finished. Which is very much like the... Um, it's long before you and I were fans of this series. Um, of course, in A Feast for Crows, there's the description at the end, um, the appendix, where... He had written he was six months away from releasing A Dance with Dragons, which turned into six years. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I have that in my copy of the Yeah, you know, so. And um, with the um, so of course you've got the that post in twenty sixteen, and I think that the general feeling within the fandom was disappointment, but there was a lot of support for George R R Martin at the time. Many many fans had jumped to his defence that um, they could see that he was under pressure from this this uh, from writing this book uh, from the deadlines from meeting expectations. Um, I think there were some extra preview, uh, preview chapters released after that as well um, in 2016. So, and, and generally people were believing that, yes, the book must be close by or, you know, within maybe a year, <laughs> which turned out not to be true. Um... The, the latest updates that we have had from Not A Blog have been, I think, quite short. So almost um, almost dismissive of The Winds of Winter. So he had written an update two months ago and it was this huge, probably 3,000 word <laughs> um, blog post that he had written. But there was maybe two sentences on the Winter Printer, um, whereas there was, you know, long updates on House of the Dragon, some of the other um, projects that he's working on, and I I checked not a blog last night. There was another post just within maybe at the last week, and it was just the final sentence was Winter Printer. Yes, still working on it. Just worked on a, a Tyrion chapter, and that was it. <laughs> what what's your opinion of well George R. R. Martin ever finish the Winds of Winter? Um yeah, I think um he watch the sixth book. I'm optimistic about that. I don't think he'll finish the seventh book. I well I was I was of the opinion for years that we would see the sixth book but the the seventh um, well, first of all, I also had questions of whether the series could be completed in seven books. So, 
so far there hasn't been any discussions or announcements of the eight, like um, because as we know Wheels of Time that was another series that was set to be three books which became six which became nine which became thirteen <laughs> so I was thinking it would follow the same trend with this series um, there hasn't been any announcement of that or any you know I don't think in any interviews it's ever been mentioned the possibility of more than seven books and of course um, the, um, not hmm? with him but with the editor ah with it she that um, he wanted seven books for seven kingdoms and she said back to him but there are actually eight kingdoms ah right I think I remember something that um, something about one of the books being split in two Part of me has thought, is seven, seven books even enough? But um, in, you know, I guess within the last three years I've been thinking, okay, we'll get the sixth book, but we'll never see the seventh. Um, but then I've been slowly realising or thinking that we won't even see the sixth book. So even though there have been, you know, I guess blog updates so that you know about these numerous chapters that George R. R. Martin has been working on part of me thinks that it's well I guess um, what are you thinking I guess what are your thoughts Jock on do you think he has been lying about that or misleading fans on the work he's done on the book um, I don't think so. Like, no, I don't want to really sort of like question like his motivations or um, whether or not he's lying. I just think it's a really difficult thing to like. Like as I said, mm-hmm. it's like the compounding effect of like various characters and their interactions. Um, do you think he has missed the boat on releasing the book? So if like if he released it now, would it have been as popular as it would have been if he had released it three years ago? Um, to be honest, I don't think it really matters to him. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like, he's got his theatre, he's got his millions, he doesn't really have any um, external motivation need. I think it's only really going to be internal motivation mm-hmm. that's done. No, I guess it absolutely, um, and that's that's another thing that is behind the. So a lot of fans have commented or discussed that um, in the nineties when he was writing the series, um, so it was he started writing the book nineteen ninety, um, a Game of Thrones. And within 10 years, he had written and published three of the books. Whereas the progress on the second half of the story has been much slower than that. And some have speculated that he doesn't need the money. So he's, his heart is not in that series anymore. Motivational research shows that um, internal motivation works far better than external motivation. Mm-hmm. And um, 
like even in business studies going back to the 1880s with Taylorism like um, like Center for long since abandoned in the 1880s that only really um, governments that seem to cling to the idea that they can control people just by um, changing the small thing and so forth like there is um, nudge theory which um, is small changes which can lead to change in behaviour but again it's only on probability scales like I can um, link quite a few studies on like um, school children and also um, one on um, um, an Israeli dare care centre where they um, added um, external motivation factors for fines for people to be on time and um, it caused lots of people to stop being on time Ah, oh, fascinating. So, um, motivation is much more complex than incentive happens, thing behavior then happens. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a lot more got to do with like internal reasons, psychology, is appetite, is affect, is um, arousal state, those sort of things. And one thing that um, I guess I've noticed is that, you know, you can see that he's got a passion for writing um, and all the numerous projects that he's worked on, um, all the, the series that he's, um, all the different types of series and um, short stories that he's worked on through the years. And, um, of course, from his not a blog posts which can go into quite lengthy in depth he's got um, like I guess we can, you can see that he's got a hobby for writing um, and with the um, I, I guess some have thought that that's a distraction like why is he writing these you know 3,000 5,000 word <laughs> essays on whatever when could be writing of course the book but you would need to have that motivation in the first place for it to be any sort of product uh, anything that would be productive on, on the subject of spin-offs so we briefly mentioned that before we've got house of the dragon coming there was earlier this week um an announcement about a john snow spin-off that's set to come well in planning at the moment so I'm not sure if that's maybe the sixth one or if that alters that original five that George R. R. Martin originally posted about but um, what are your thoughts on so there are a number of series out there um, fandoms universes where there have been spin-offs remakes sequels um, so of course Star Wars the Wizarding World, Star Trek, for example, which have countless spin-offs attached to them. Um, do you think there's appetite for this series to have multiple successful spin-offs? Well, um, I just think it's the time constraint, but um, um, in terms of... Um, like HBO's logic and I think it's quite wise because um, as long as they can 
they have that at the moment, the difficult struggle of trying to maintain their brand as a prestige brand where they're throwing in all the war and immediate stuff and couldn't. Um, not to be mean, but um, mm-hmm. um, which um, aren't exactly to the prestige levels that are quality levels that um, HBO have become known for, at least in terms of writing. One one thing that um, I did notice is with Harry Potter, of course they then produced the Fantastic Beast spin-off, and I know there have been possible, um, you know, maybe a mini series on the Harry Potter books, for example. Um, there have been many stage shows, amateur stage shows on the Harry Potter series. Um, Fantastic Beasts is the first big movie spin-off series and that was initially very successful. Um, the The first movie was maybe um, like if you include that in the series of the eight Harry Potter films it was the second least successful. So um, and then when, of course, the the next book, uh, sorry, the next <laughs> the, the next movie was released, that was, again, lost the revenue that the first movie received, um, and then the latest movie, Crimes of Dumbledore, that has, fair to say, flopped at the box office, or just, um, just about broke, maybe broke even on how much it would have cost to market and make the film, um, which is calling into question whether they will continue with the series or not. Whereas in the in the past they have said they plan to do five um, Fantastic Beast movies, but they might just stop at three. So part of me thinks that that might happen with these spin-offs that um, are in development and works. Um, you know, countless hours must be dedicated to them. Um, so we've got House of the Dragon where we'll, we'll find out how successful that is, but that may lead to, you know, if that's not as successful as they hoped, that may destroy any future plans that they have for spin-offs. Yeah, but um, I think a major difference is that the people working on House of Dragon, the lighters will be green light rare than lighting the Fantastic Beasts isn't a screenwriter mm-hmm. and it's quite obvious that she's trying to light um, the movie does book um, I haven't seen the third one and I'm not going to because of um, external reasons but um, um, in the first two films it was quite clear that like she was like lighting backstories and doing like world building mm-hmm. stuff that just isn't necessary to a movie but would be would be good in a book. So um like I think it would have helped like if like she had um a proper screenwriter mm-hmm. um that just screenwriting stuff and she wrote fantastic deep book instead. Would have been better for the success of the film. I have watched the first two movies and for Fantastic Beasts I I will watch the third one, but um 
I've never actually been a massive fan of them. They've, they've never really excited me in the same way that a Harry Potter movie would have excited me. Um, but do, do you mean the controversy around J.K. Rowling would prevent you from watching the third movie? Yeah. Ah, right, right. No, I can I can see why that that's um, that she has alienated a lot of her fans um, through that, which is sad because I hate um, the the thought of you know cancel culture and you know just because of something she said that 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 may cause her to lose fans or lose um, fans of her work. But with the um, spin-offs of Game of Thrones. I guess we'll we'll see how how that does. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to House of the Dragon. I've watched some of the the trailers so far. Um, what one one final question? If um, I guess um, what what are your thoughts on if the the spin-offs do fail? Do you think that would have any impact on? I guess. George R. R. Martin continuing with the Song of Ice and Fire series. Um, honestly, as I said before, like it's my psychological motivation for that comes back, and um, it's well obviously of a number of factors. Like, um, I think a lot of a factor on his mood at the very least, which would obviously impact his lighting, but. Um, other than that, I think only the only he knows. That's true. <laughs> is it? Is there anything else that you wanted to mention or highlight, Jock? Um. Or any other thoughts you had on either the spin-offs or the um, the Winds of Winter? Um. And that, the Winds of Winter uh, so far has been great and what little we've gotten of it and that's just like first draft so mm-hmm. uh, like I am looking forward to it if it does happen but um, as for the spin-off um, the Jon Snow spin-off I'm actually quite happy about not particularly because I like David Benioff lighting but um, the mm-hmm. other thing he was was uh a confederate alt history thing and if you've ever seen the movie Troy um oh yes and um completely destroyed the Iliad which is impressively um capable of destroying things um um so I'm happy that he's not um handling a subject as tense as the confederate alternate history project and is instead working on Jon Snow mm-hmm. which um, although I am a big fan of his books um, like other than uh, Kit Harrington's acting who I think um, in terms of my head canon would have made a much better Euron but um, <laughs> um, his acting is pretty good um, and they were quite Good at light and torment. Like, it's not the same, but um, their torment was still fun. 
but um, that's about all for that series. Um, we don't really know much, so I don't really know what it's actually going to be about. I don't know if I'll just be him hanging about at the wall for six <laughs> Well, I guess the, the point of the end to Game of Thrones is they go beyond the wall, so possibly you could see where that leads to. Do they do people die? Do do they survive? Do they fight, find food? What do they find beyond the wall? Now that all the, the Dwights and the others are gone. So I think that's that's one of the the most tragic parts that I thought of the, the ending to Game of Thrones that he's going beyond the wall meeting, well but then he's leaving behind the family that he knew. So I don't know if um, you know, with, uh, with spin-offs, they usually, there's ways in which they can introduce characters from the previous series, but I don't see if that's possible. Mm. With this one, like, um, I doubt we could see Arya guest starring in, in one of the shows, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of being weird for, like, the continuity idea, but... Um... Like, Star Wars is showing that you can, if you do fan service well enough, uh, to be honest, like, um, D&D um, aren't that bad at fan service, if you do that, the only mm-hmm. problem is when um, they're trying to sort of do this sort of continual fed between fan service products, in my opinion, so they could do a sort of fan service show which may not make much sense, but could be fun. But it's been been great to talk to you today, Jock, about this. And, um, of course, we can can look forward to House of the Dragon. I'm sure we will see quite a few podcasts being created by vassals of uh, vassals of Kingsgrave on that subject. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully there will just be more podcasts in general. That's true. Uh, thanks for your time today, and thank for thank you to all those that have listened. Yeah, thank you. It's always a pleasure speaking to you, Glenn. Yep. You too. Have a good day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye.